Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. It's Rich Birch. So glad that you've decided to spend some time with us today. You know, you're tired of training resources that seem to be long on theory but short on help. Today, uh, we don't have that. We've got some great help for you today from Ron Edmondson. Ron's in Lexington, Kentucky. Great leader, fantastic leader. Uh, He's going to be talking a bit about turnarounds and how do we help uh, build momentum in ministries where maybe we've stagnated and stuck a little bit. So listen up to the entire interview and then join us at the end because I've got some great resources I want to share with you. Let's tune in. Let's hear what Ron's got to say. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Well, we got a real treat today. Ron Edmondson is with us. He's from Emmanuel Baptist in Lexington, Kentucky. Got to make sure I get the ba- all the letters out in Baptist. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> got to pronounce that right. Yeah. Uh, I'm so happy to have Ron on the show. Thanks for being with us today. Absolutely. I appreciate the invitation. Been looking forward to it. Uh, Ron's one of those guys I just love following on social media, love reading his blog. If you if you don't follow him, uh, you're going to be in for a real treat today as we kind of peer in a little bit inside his head and get some insight uh, from him. So, Ron, why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your context, about your church, even about your background, kind of you personally uh, sure. as well. Well, it's, it's always important to know when I'm talking to pastors that I came out of the business world. And a lot of times I think, still think in those terms, and, and uh, some people have... You know, I get corrected on my language sometimes. I once used the word <laughs> revenue around here, and and they were looking for the word tithe and offering. You know, so <laughs> I, I I I'd still uh, struggle with that. But I've been in ministry about twelve years. Um, first year helped a church kind of relaunch, and then uh, planted two churches, and have been here at Emmanuel Baptist Church a little over a year. Uh, this is a hundred four year old church. Uh, very. Uh, prominent church in Baptist circles, uh, especially in Kentucky and in Lexington. Uh, long, long history, uh, a great church long before I got here. Um, had seen some better days, and we are um, trying to, uh, uh, to re-energize and, and, uh, and, and get excited again and grow again and that sort of thing. And so uh, it's, been a, um, it, it's been a journey the last... Uh, 14 months or so, but been been fun. It's a great hmm. church. Well, one of the things I'm excited about kind of hearing from you is you're, you know, you're a seasoned leader who's accomplished a lot, but you're in the middle of something right now. You're actually wrestling with it. It's A lot of times I, I feel like we talk with leaders who are like, I did this thing 15 years ago and it was pretty amazing, mm-hmm. uh, but you're right in the middle of it right now. And, you know, I think a lot of church leaders can identify with what you're saying that, hey, you know, we're trying to re-energize. We're kind of, you know, it's not quite a turnaround. It's not that kind of situation, uh, but it's like, hey, how do we, um, how do we in, infuse some momentum into to this uh, this church, give me a sense of kind of what are you doing today uh, at Emmanuel to help that process take place. Well, and you said it's not a turnaround, and it's not, and yet we are having to turn around some of our thought processes. You know, if we look at the history of the of this church in particular, and I think this is uh, true of a lot of churches, and numbers are just numbers. But if you look at our number uh, today. Uh, we just did a big history wall. One of the things that I would encourage, especially if you're going into an older church, is to celebrate the history that you have to work with. And so we just did a history wall. We learned it from another church and celebrated from the birth of the church 
by decades to, to the present. And in, in the 1950s, we were running the same number that they were running when I got here. Interesting. Huh. And, and, you know, it, that's um, an indication to me, you know, you would think there would be this progressive growth over the years, and that's just not the case. Churches have life cycles uh, in and out of that. And this is a good case study for a church 100 years old that's had periods of rapid growth and periods of rapid decline and periods of stability and periods. So um, we, do, it, we do have to start thinking, if we're going to go to those next levels, what are we going to do differently than we've done, than we're doing right now? And some of that is a turnaround, turnaround of our thought process. And one of the things that had happened when I got here, um, this is a, a uh, we have a, uh, I, I give tours of our building quite a bit for visitors when they come <laughs> because we have an incredible facility here, 300,000 something square foot of space, huge footprint in our community. And we do a great job and we're doing a great job of getting people to come to our building for other than church. So this okay. is a, a building that they allow that to happen. Right. And but what happens is uh, two things. One, when people are already coming, and um, or you get in a period of stability or decline, which we've seen here in the last few years, people start to, to lock arms around each other and get very comfortable with each other and, and form these little groups with each other. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the barriers um, uh, to growth in this church, for example, is a very positive thing. It's Sunday school. Because, ah, okay. uh, because it, most of our classes, um, 20 people, 10 people, or 50 people, depending on the size of the class, uh, had not had new people coming into them for five, four or five years. Okay. And, and so if you did come in, you felt like a real stranger because there were a lot of hidden, uh, there were a lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, inside jokes and, and, and people knew everybody, knew the kids, and knew the names of the kids, that sort of thing. And you just didn't feel that welcome. And so that becomes a barrier to new people coming in. So to turn around, we almost have to, to, to somehow start thinking differently. How do we think uh, beyond what's here? Sure, there are some people on our campus. We started counting people when we, when we got here. Uh, everybody that walks on our campus, we count now. Okay. Just to get a, a perception of how busy this place is. In fact, the number will astound you. We have some 13,000 people walk through our doors in, in any given week. Wow, that's amazing. Um, and um, and yet we don't go outside our walls. You know, mm. we weren't investing in the community. We weren't doing a lot of things in the community. Uh, we do some things hit or miss, but not really intentional things. So that is a turnaround. That mm -hmm. uh, turning our thought process to something new. And so um, that, that that's what we're basically doing is rethinking how we do church. Now, what are you doing to help people kind of rethink? What are some, you know, practical kind of tactics that you've employed to help people think differently? Obviously, the counting thing, that's a huge piece of that, just even understanding what's happening sure. uh, at your building. But what, are, what other things are you up to? Well, I tell a lot of stories. Um, I have to lead by example. And so I, I hit the ground running getting involved in the community. And I tell stories about that. You know, I, I joined a leadership program. Every community usually has some sort of leadership program that takes leaders through the community on a through a year process, and you learn more about the community. Uh, I I signed up for that program, and uh, and frankly played 
politics within the influencers in the church to get make sure I got in that program. But I signed up for that the uh, the uh, Sunday on a Sunday. I you know when the official vote Baptist churches vote in their pastor. After that official vote, I turned in my application the next Monday for this program. Oh wow! And that was the deadline. Right. Um, so, but I got in that program, met a lot of people, got to know the community, uh, influencing. Uh, uh, people who were influencers in the community. And I came back and told the church about that. And so I was able to lead by example of getting out into the community. Then through some of those connections, we started to send key people out into the community. Hey, here's a group of people and come back and tell those stories. And so um, really making um, a wave, so to speak, in the community around us that hey, we're not just. It, it was. It, here's a building with 300. Get a get a picture of this. This is a town of 300,000. This is a building with 300,000 square feet. It's one of the largest church buildings in our community. Uh, in one of the most, we're less than a mile from the University of Kentucky. We are on one of. The, uh, Lexington has. Uh, it's basically got two circles, and spokes within that wheel uh, of those two circles. And we're on one of those spokes. So okay. we cannot be better strategically located than we are in this right. community for, from a building perspective. I um, was uh, got invited to the city council the first couple of months I was here to do the prayer. And that's a great way for community leaders, pastors to become community leaders too. But I, I went to the uh, city council meeting and met all the city council people. Uh, half of those asked me where the church was. Really? Huh. And I said, you know, I didn't say this to them, but I was thinking, <laughs> you have got to be kidding me. You know, right, right, do you right. realize the we take up 20-something acres in the heart of this city? We're almost in downtown, and you don't know where wow. we are. <laughs> now, that's not an indictment against that city council person or somebody who asked that question. That's an indictment against us. Right, right. Uh, right we right. have not been outside our walls. Well, I came back and told our church that. You, you've right. got to be kidding. <laughs> right. How do they not know we exist? We've got to change that. Hmm. And so we started to send people out, come back with stories, and just continually do that. We just had a, um, uh, and then we zeroed in on a specific area of town that we want to invest in. And um, we, we just, um, less than a month ago, went out into that community with a huge um, back-to-school um, uh, medical, uh, you know, doing sports physicals and that sort of thing. Oh, that's cool. Um, and had over 400 of our people involved. It was a huge success. We partnered with a church in that community, very and we cool. put we put their name on it, not ours. Mm. Oh, very cool! And, Love and, that. And and so um, it, we uh, and so we were able to go into that. Well, it come. You know, our church now knows 400 of our people are like, hey, we got to get outside our walls. You know, right, right, right. That's right. That's hopefully going to impact some of those others. Yeah. And it took a year to get to that point, you know, right. of investing in the community, meeting the people in the community, dealing with those other pastors in the in the in that community that we're going to, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, I I've in my own communities, you know, where we launch campuses, I'll, you know, I've sometimes after the you know the church has been there for a while, I'll just walk up and down the street by where we're located and go into the convenience store, drop by the you know 
McDonald's, you know, that we're, you know, there's kind of public folks, and I'll just, you know, like I'm buying a pack of gum, and, and I'll be like, hey, do you know anything about that church over there? Like, what? tell me about that church. Yeah. What do you know? And you'd be amazed at what people say, right? Sure. And, and, sure. and it's a great way to generate those kinds of stories that you're, you know, you're talking about there. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of times it is that, sadly, it's that response of like, I don't really know anything about them. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I just have no idea what the, who they are. Absolutely. You know, changing gears a little bit, a part of what I appreciate about your thinking and your writing, you talk a lot about systems and how, um, you know, systems can be used to help churches, um, you know, gain momentum and help them, you know, as they focus for kind of the future. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? And, and you know, what are some of the, what do, what do you mean when you say systems in a church? What does that look like? You know, systems are simply the, the way things get done. And, what happens in any church, in any situation, is in any organization, is your systems become tired over time. You know, they simply do. And uh, and what once worked doesn't work any longer. And we all have systems, whether we know it or not. There's a standard way that we do things. You know, that is your system. And so uh, one of the ways that you can improve um, the performance um, is to be intentional about improving your systems. And that just requires you to step back and think bigger about what are we trying to accomplish, how's the best way to get that accomplished, uh, who are the right people to do that, um, you know, just strategically thinking. And when I think systems, I always try to think effective, efficient, and purposeful. Hmm. Uh, and and um, is it an effective system? Is it efficient? You know, a lot of our... In our, a lot of our churches, we have a, a system in place that uh, it used to be a very vibrant ministry. Several, you know, lots of people were involved. Now, only a few people. It's just not very effective or efficient anymore. And it's not even purposeful. We have some systems in place that, okay, what's, why are we doing that? You know, what is the purpose of that? What is it doing to help us accomplish what we're trying to do? So just asking bigger questions about our systems, that's a very... Um, very important. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Can you give me a, an example of a system that you've, you know, worked on either in your current context or, you know, in a past church? Um, you know, kind of how did you how did you dig in, you know, try to get, make it practical for folks so they can get a sense of what, you know, what you're thinking? Well, one of, let me think of, of one in, in particular. Um, we've, we've had so many since <laughs> we've been here of just uh, systems of doing things. One is our system of um, of, uh, of, of how we staff, mm -hmm. um, the system of hiring people and placing people, well, that's, and that could be, depending on the size of the church, that could be a um, um, volunteers or it could be um, paid staff. In our case, it's mostly paid staff, or, or a lot of these that we're talking about. But uh, we started thinking in terms of, of um, what are we trying to accomplish, who are the best people to do that? And when I got here, we had a bunch of silos. In mm -hmm. other words, here's our children's ministry, here's our adult ministry, here's our, um, uh, you know, whatever, and all those different ministries. And then everybody had an assistant under that, and then, you know, that. So you had all these little silos. Well, that system doesn't work anymore uh, as well. You know, business communities have had to think, how do we do more with less for a long time? Churches are going to have to start thinking that way too. And so how do we staff, what is our system for staffing and for recruiting volunteers that gets the 
job done, that's effective, efficient, and purposeful, not that looks like it's always looked before. And it's going to be a lot messier. It's going to be, you know, this person has four different jobs and reports works in four different areas, um, but that's what needs is needed to move forward. For example, we had a um, we had one of one person on our team. She is a tremendous event planner, but she only planned events in her area. Uh, okay. So because that's our system, you know, right. you stay in your area, you stay <laughs> right. in your area. Well, what if we brought we removed some things off of her that she's having to do that she doesn't even like or is not great at? and allow her to work with events in other areas that make all of our events better, gives her fulfillment in her work, and uh, and probably keeps us from hiring somebody in some of those areas. Right, right. So uh, that's just an example. Yeah, of, no, that's uh, very good. I think a lot of times for churches, they... Um, you know, I, a couple of things I appreciate you said there. One is that we all have systems, um, whether we know it or not. The reality of it is we have a regular way of getting things done. The question is, is it you know, is it good or not? <laughs> is it working? Yeah, is it right. is it pushing us in the direction we want to go? And I think that's a key learning for us as church leaders. That, you know, I think sometimes we get scared when we hear a word like system. We're like, what does that mean? That sounds kind of, um, you know, corporate, like you were saying earlier. Ab um, absolutely. And yet but, we're doing them. We're right, already doing exactly. them. You know, exactly. We're already doing them. And I always say to pastors when they push back against the business terms, use any term you want. You're right. already doing it. You know, yeah, right. use that if you want. You know, whatever that is. We're doing things that aren't clearly spelled out in Scripture. Right. Already. Right. You know, uh, your times of your services are not clearly spelled out in Scripture unless you're going to the Book of Numbers or something. But <laughs> you know, it, it, so figure out what works for you. But uh, and call it what you want. But Making those systems better actually makes things more uh, effective, efficient, and purposeful. Great. So fantastic. Is there anything before we jump into the lightning round, uh, anything else you want to let us know? How can people get in touch with you? How can they you know, follow you on, you know, on all your various social channels? But anything else? Well, you know, and, and it is, you, you know, um, this as well as I do being online as much as you are, I'd rather not have my name out there as much, you know. I, I'm kind of a uh, introvert, and and uh, but people want to know who you are, and so that you have to have your name. You have to kind of have a platform uh, around your name, and so Ron Edmondson, two D's in the Edmondson, and you can pretty much find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, and my blog using just that name. So everything has just that Ron Edmondson in it. Yeah, and, fantastic. and you know, uh, I really see that that God has um, has given me a platform for a reason because I really believe in that pastor that's just trying to figure out how to do it. You know, mm -hmm. they don't teach some of this in seminary, and they um, and uh, and so just trying to help that pastor be a better leader. Um, you know, I even get pushed back when I say pastors are leaders, but they are. You know, um, God has uses people to lead the church. Now, Christ is the head of the church, no doubt about that. And I don't, you know, and but but uh, just as we see with um, somebody put, I got, I have one guy in particular pushes back all the time. Where's leader in the Bible? Well, call Moses what you want, but Moses was a leader, and Jethro helped him lead better. Uh, David led people. Paul led people. Every, you know. Uh, so my, I, I really think God has given me a platform 
to help pastors lead better. So if I can help in any way, I'm always available. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. All right, well, we've hit the lightning round, that part of this program where we jump through a series of quick questions for an amazing church leader uh, so we can learn a little bit more about what's going on in their world. So, Ron, do you have like an online resource uh, that you've been using these days that's really been helping your ministry? Well, I would have to say, uh, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but Evernote is yeah, just a—it's just a jewel for me. And you know, I wrote a little uh, Evernote for pastors uh, book. I wouldn't buy it; it's not—you <laughs> can figure it out on your own. But it—it—it it, uh, uh, it has helped me so that I always have a place to keep my notes, whether I'm with my phone, my iPad, or my desktop, and they all sync together. So I, I think uh, in the day we're living. Man, you gotta have Evernote. Nice, yeah. That's it. Seems like a lot. I'm not an Evernote guy, but I can see the use for it. Um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, particularly if, like yourself, when you're preaching, you're doing, you know, you're creating content all the time. You know, a lot of times those ideas don't come when you're just sitting down to write. You know? Absolutely. And, so, and I just have these little, you know, every sermon I've got coming up for the next three months. There's a file there, and if I if it, something hits me, I can put it in that file, and it's there when I need it. Yeah, that's huge. That's great. Evernote. Um, great. A book you've read in the last, you know, six months to a year that's impacted your ministry and why? Uh, I, I read all the time. And so uh, I tell you, I'm going to give author instead of uh, uh, book because yeah, Chip and Dan Heath mm, um, yeah. get, get everything they've got and read it. Uh, <laughs> I think they're easy to read and, and they're extremely helpful. Their book, Switch on Change, is, is tremendous. Uh, their most recent recent one on uh, how to make decisions, I think it is. They're, yeah, they're just, decisive, it's called. Decisive, that's, that's yeah. right. Uh, great book. So they've got one other one. Uh, so read their, their work. Great stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. Decisive, decisive, their most recent book is amazing. It's one of those. They're, they're so well written. They're, they, oh, they're absolutely. amazing communicators. They're so. helpful. They, you yeah, know, yeah. you read their books and you genuinely walk away with something that's helpful. Yeah, definitely. That's uh, fantastic. Um, so a leader that you'd love to spend, if you could get 15 minutes with them, uh, you know, who'd love you, who'd you love to spend some time with? Well, there's a bunch. I mean, honestly, um, you know, I know you're friends with Kerry Newoff. We're going to get in the <laughs> same room sometime. We've oh, done nice. this kind of thing, but we've never been in the same room together. But I, you know, I, I probably the same go-to answer. Andy Stanley, you know, would be great to pick his brain for a little mm -hmm. while. Mm -hmm. uh, John Maxwell. I did have the opportunity. Um, to do this type thing, interview Zig Ziglar um, oh, wow. uh, within the last couple of years before he died. Mm. And, um, you know, I quote him all the time, you know, I just know. Uh, from that, you know, we spent an hour and a half together and I, I just quote him all the time. Well, he's and, been, he's one of those guys that's been so influential or was so influential, you know. He just absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would, to, to uh, you know, those that are listening, uh, I learn from the small town pastor. I mean, I really do. I, they're they're on the front line every day, and uh, every time I'm with one, I pick something up that I learn. Uh, that you know that is very helpful to me. Yeah, no, that's that's great. Uh, so, what do you like to do for fun, uh, Ron? When you're not counting all those thirteen thousand people that come into the building, <laughs> what do you uh, what do you do for, uh, for Thank, fun? Thankfully, I'm not counting them. But uh, <laughs> the uh, yeah, exactly. But the um, I like to run. And, uh, you know, it's just a pleasure for me um, to, to just, I'm introverted. Man, that's my downtime. Uh, I like to hang out with my wife, and I give her Saturday. I protect Saturday as much as I can. And, 
she can do anything she wants and I'll do it with her. So, um, you know, that those are probably the two things that fuel me for the week. That's amazing. You know, I once heard this quote about running. Uh, running is like the worst part of sports that they just made into a sport. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, <know>? absolutely. <laughs> That's yeah, it's great. crazy. And I, I, sh I should probably quit and do something else. It's going to be <laughs> terrible on my knees someday, but I, I, I just love it. You got the bug. You got. You bit. My Absolutely. wife's a runner too. She's she's bit by that bug. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, Ron. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for taking time out. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you uh, just investing in us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. This is the Unseminary Podcast. Stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Man, so thankful that Ron was on the show. Two quick resources as you leave. First of all, uh, in the show notes today, I've got a link to a sample of Ron's ebook on how to use Evernote. He talked about that at the end of the show there. Uh, a little bit great resource you should really consider using uh, with your ministry. Second of all, uh, one of the systems I have found uh, that has been so beneficial has been just a weekly review system where we take time to talk about what happened on the weekend. Um, and so I've also included a link there to uh, an article that I did a while back about how to structure that meeting and some questions that you could use uh, in that. Thanks so much for coming uh, and listening to the show this week, friends. You know, in just a couple days, uh, your community will again be coming to your church. I pray that just you'll be, you'll go encouraged as you interact with them, that you'll go in there uh, ready to serve and love and care for the people that God puts in your path. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.